You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is Locked On Hornets presented by Built Bar. You can use promo code Locked On to get $10 off of your first box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, And follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, at Doug Branson, LOH. And we will bring on a guest again. We've been getting a lot of our friends to do our work for us. And today is no different. We're going to bring on Nada. And you can find him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. Nada, how are you doing? I still haven't received my Built Bar reparations, Walker. I'm not happy about this. <laughs> well, now, I mean, we could be bringing you a different product. I'm not sure yet, but Built Bar is something that uh, Doug, I think, should have been putting in the mail for you. Doug, have you done that for Nada yet? It's on the way. That's what I thought. Okay, very good. We're going to be taking care of both of our friends, especially Nada, because we do owe him some Built Bar. We do appreciate him for joining the show today. Um, first off, I want to lead off with, so Rick Bennell, I think is going to give me hell about eating these honey buns in the morning now, like how I ate one. And, uh, because I, I'm, I gained seven pounds off of that. You gave him a bone. As- you gave him a bone to chew or a bun to chew on. Oh, I have, I, I've completely exposed myself for the Bennell burns and he's right to do so. And he tweeted at us, right, Doug, he tweeted at us this article that, uh, showcased all of the trades that the Bulls could possibly make with all of the teams on the outside looking in of the 22 restart plan. And it actually featured Malik Monk, who we talked about when we talked with Locked On Bulls um, after we had our mock draft for the Locked On Podcast Network. And the trade was Malik Monk to Ryan or for Ryan Archie Diacono, just straight up Malik Monk for Ryan Archie Diacono. And uh, d- Rick is right. Like I absolutely would just eat myself into a deep depression. I would eat all the honey buns. I would eat all of the Ben and Jerry's in the world and cry to rom-coms if that was something that happened. If I lost Malik Monk, okay, fine. Like I get it. It's been three years. But if we lose him to Ryan Archie Diacono, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Ryan Archie Diacono. And we lose him to him, then I'm going to be really upset. So you're saying Archidiaca, no thanks. That's exactly what I am saying to you. You know what's funny about that guy? Uh, I always, for a long time, I thought his name was Archie Diacono. I thought I, I didn't <laughs> yeah, know that, was, that his name was Ryan and his last name was Archie Diacono. I would just watch games and I would think, man, this, this Archie cat can ball. <laughs> yeah, at Villanova, Archie Diacono for three. Excellent. Would you um, like his stats? Yeah, he Would can... you like his stats? I mean, this might convince you if I just read his stats really quick for, from this past no, season. Won't. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so, but go ahead, Doug. P- feel free to read the stats. So this is his third year in the NBA, all with Chicago. Uh, he has played, he played 58 games uh, this season, which would have been all of them, I guess. That's That was the max that, that people could play, I think. Started four games, 16 minutes per game, Shot 41% from the field, took two, 2.4 three-pointers per game, 39% from the field in that small sample size, and averaged 4.5 points per game, 1.7 assists per game, and 1.9 rebounds per game. So, <laughs> what do you think? 
<laughs> that only can that only confirms my bad feelings toward that trade. Uh, I don't think he would make the all-time roster if he was here on the Charlotte Hornets if he were indeed traded. But there is a list out there from Axios, Doug, that does rank the all-time rosters from every single franchise within the NBA. And the Hornets are not last. And this is something that we talked about quite a bit when we lived in nostalgia during the beginning parts of the pandemic, even though we still are in it, we are now bringing back the NBA so we can move to present time to some degree. But when we were living back in nostalgia, like we understood and were reliving the lack of talent that has ever been here with the Hornets franchise. And I know that they come in 28th, according to Axios with their all time roster compared to all the other NBA franchises. Uh, yes. I mean, you know, we look at things and we look nostalgically and things are always better than we imagine them. And also we fail to kind of look at at the context of things. And, you know, the, the Charlotte Hornets all-time roster versus everyone else's all-time roster, I think instinctually we know that if you put us up against the Lakers and the Bulls and the Celtics, that those historic franchises are going to have a lot more talent than the Hornets. But, but how do we rank against the Miami Heat or some other teams? Well, Axios broke this, or they are in the midst of breaking this down. They're doing it team by team on their newsletter. And the Charlotte Hornets come in at number 28. Which is not that bad, actually. Not bad at all. Did we get the fanfare there? Is that what you were setting it up for? Uh, well, I was trying to find the fanfare. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad if you look at it in the context of all the teams that have ever been teams in the NBA. But when you consider that they're just doing the 30 teams that exist now... It's, it's not great. They aren't dead last. That went to the Grizzlies, then the Minnesota Timberwolves, but then next, uh, the Charlotte Hornets, 28. Yeah, yeah Nada, how, did, how does that rank to you? Because the Grizzlies, to me, I feel like that's absolutely correct. Just seeing the, 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 the guys that I can think of that are quote-unquote legends in the Grizzlies jerseys it's all uh, have, have been Sharif Abdurrahim, Mike Bibby and even Pau Gasol, and that's about it. Like I can't. Wait, give wait, you... wait, wait. That's all you remember? Oh, from Zach one? Randolph, no, the, the guys Gasol. that would like Zebo, Tony Allen, oh, Mike Conley, Tony Allen's legendary on this show. So I mean, like, how are you gonna forget Zebo? Like seriously, no. how are you gonna forget Zebo Walker? I was Shame trying on to... you. I was trying to go back all the way in time to the Vancouver Grizzlies days. Did did Mike Bibby even play for Vancouver? I think he did. He played for Memphis before uh, he got traded to uh, Sacramento. Uh, I th- okay, I thought there was Vancouver in there. Right. Either way. Listen, uh, this is turning into Locked on Grizzlies. Do you want to know who the lineup is for the Charlotte Hornets? The no, I want to talk about Michael Dickerson a little bit okay. more about his days with the Grizzlies. Uh, but I guess if you want to, you're the producer, so feel free to steer us in that direction. The roster for the 28th best all-time roster of all time, Doug. What does it look like? All right, the starters are Kimba Walker at the guard position, Del Curry at the guard position, Glenn Rice and Larry Johnson are your forwards, and then Alonzo Mourning coming in at the center position, the only Hall of Famer in this list. The sixth man is Muggsy Bogues. The bench consists of Gerald Wallace, Anthony Mason, Emeka Okafor, Eddie Jones, David Wesley, and Raymond Felton coming in at the final spot. Wow. All 13.3 points per game, 6.4 assists, and 19 win shares. Yeah, we did a lot of this, breaking that down, and I, I don't hear any name that I was looking for that I did not 
I, I, there, there's not any name that I was looking for that I did not hear. I don't think on all of that. Did you see anybody, Doug, that you immediately refute being on the team instead of somebody else? Well, I just want to say that it is absolutely insane that Anthony Mason has 45.9 win shares for the Charlotte Hornets because he was here for Wait, what for a number of years. But I mean, when you you compare it to Glenn Rice, who only had 28.4 win shares, you compare it to Kimball Walker, who was here a long time and, and had the ball a ton. He had 48.5 win shares. So that's only 3.4 more than Anthony Mason. And Anthony Mason spent one of those years injured for a, for a vast majority of it. So that, number one, is crazy. The one name that I wanted to see, and you, you guys are going to know it, and I would, I would sub out Raven Felton for him in a second. It's my guy, Jamal Mashburn. Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue with that one at all. Like, Mash deserves to be on this. David Wesley is a good name. Gerald Wall- Again, as long as Gerald Wallace is on this, on this list, I'm okay. Like, the only quibble I might have is Okafor is on here instead of Big Al. Like, where's Big Al in this? Mm-hmm. That makes more sense to me than Emeka Okafor, who did have a very underrated career. Yeah, spent, spent several more seasons as a consistent double-double guy, I think. that. But, but Al had the one. It's the classic argument of the sort of consistency versus that one beautiful moment that, that Al had during that, during that Bobcats playoff season. Well, it's it's the argument that features itself when comparing so many different players that we love here in Charlotte. It's the guys like Glenn Rice who were amazing in their time here, but it was just three years. Like Alonzo Mourning, but it was just a few seasons. When you compare Al and Emeka, Emeka was giving you some double-doubles on bad teams, but Al had the one all-NBA selection with a playoff team and then deteriorated pretty quickly. Like he gave us the one really good year. And then the next year, and and useful seasons but like that's the that's the argument that features itself so frequently when compared like even Muggsy Bogues a guy who I think was good but clearly compared to and for sure a Kimball Walker but even you know maybe some other players on this team uh wasn't as good as them but played here long and was pretty good and was the novelty of being 5-3 so we love him so much like that that sees itself that argument is is apparent so uh, frequently here with the Hornets a few more a few more notes for from this Axios newsletter it mentions that Dell by the way this is Jeff Tracy who did who's doing these rankings want to give him credit said that uh, Dale Curry is tied for 38th place on the all-time three-point percentage leaderboard, but that mark is only third best among his own family. Seth comes in at (laughs) 44.3%, and Steph (laughs) below Seth at 43.5%. Also, Alonzo Mourning is one of just six players since the NBA began recording blocks in 1973 with multiple seasons of 20 points, 10 rebounds, three blocks. Just six players, uh, David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, Patrick Ewing, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Let's not forget how good Alonzo Mourning was. I mean, he was he's literally the greatest center in, in Hornets history, and he might be the most underrated center when we start talking about NBA history. Maybe it's like him and it's Wes Unseld, and that might be the list. Because when we start talking about people who kept franchises afloat, 
he kept the Miami Heat afloat, but he also established Char- the Charlotte Hornets as well. So I want to get to another article here in the next segment by Sam Vecini discussing the rookie contracts for each of the teams in the NBA and where the Charlotte Hornets might rank there, maybe compared from the beginning of the season to now the end of their season should have improved in my opinion. But first, I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And you can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We talk about the Hornets rookie contracts next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Have you ever had that one little bug that's just like, it's not completely out, but it's like kind of dangling in there. And then you try to sniff it back up to go away for good, but it's just, it'll, it'll keep popping back. That's what I'm going through right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So not, I know you tweeted about this. Sam Vecini of The Athletic wrote an article comparing all of the teams that uh, have the best rookie contracts, right? The guys that are very valuable, perhaps even more value, uh, valuable than what their contract suggests, that they are um, playing very well despite only making a few million dollars. And in the Hornets case, you're talking about quite a bit of second round uh, prospects with this franchise that are actually getting real run. So when you look at a guy like Devontae Graham, Devontae Graham was getting paid $1.4 million last year. That's a bargain with the kind of play that he got you. Now, this is going to be a contract that he is going to uh, be able to opt out of because I do think there is going to be uh, a lot of money that he can get otherwise than the Hornets just deciding to continue to pay him that little. But also you have a guy like Cody Martin who's making $1.1 million uh, for and 1.5 of 1.7, uh, 1.5, 1.7, the next couple of seasons, I should say. Jalen McDaniels is making 1.5 and 1.7, 1.9 the year after that. Kayla Martin is on a similar contract structure. Like you have second round picks, and then we can go to Miles Bridges and PJ Washington. We know about some of the first round guys that they have, but the second round picks make the contract comparison interesting nada when you compare the hornets to other nba franchises like I, I i can't imagine there's a lot of other early second round picks that were providing for their team like the hornets had on their roster no there weren't and it was really funny to just see like everyone start to catch up with this what the hornets are doing and how they've kind of accelerated this rebuild like there are certain things that sam writes that i kind of disagree with mainly that 
he didn't think Devontae Graham was a league average point guard this year, which I functionally disagree with. I radically disagree with that. I think he was at least league average, and especially considering how much he had to carry this team at times, it was one of the he was one of the better point. I think he was one of the better point guards in the league this year. But for the for basically the Hornets to have 13 guys that they could list on either rookie level contracts or something of getting paid around rookie level contracts and to go from being what was ranked, I believe, 23rd to all the way up to 16th after 65, 64, 65 games. I think that's a credit to the development system of the Charlotte Hornets. I also think it's a credit to Mitch Kupchak, and it's another reason to trust that for once there is a plan in Charlotte in terms of youth development. Yeah, let's take a step back and kind of set this up. So uh, this article in The Athletic is an update to his uh, rankings that he did, a lot of them before this season, and he had the Hornets ranked 23rd overall now he has them moved up to 16. That's, I mean, that's quite a jump. And he jumped over, you know, or the Hornets jumped over the Spurs, the Magic, the Knicks, the Cavs. I mean, they, these are some teams with some really good, the Pacers, some really good young talent. The Hornets have 13 players uh, under some kind of rookie contract or two-way contract or uh, 10-day contract in the case of Joe Cheeley. I mean, that's a significant amount of your roster that one, you have very cheaply and two, you have control over how you would like to proceed with that player. You know, Devontae Graham next year, non-guaranteed. So they can either guarantee it and, and, you know, risk, risk it next off season, or they can go ahead and, and get an extension deal done with Graham next season. But just a lot of exciting players in here, Graham, Washington, Bridges, Monk, uh, Caleb Martin and and Cody Martin. I mean, these are guys that that can really significantly impact the Hornets for years to come, and they're on great deals. So, what's interesting to me is when some of these big boy money guys come off of the books, then how much are they going to be willing to spend for some of the guys that they have been able to get pretty good value from? Because you know, Miles Bridges coming in at three point seven at you know, annually, at least what he was making last year, you know, that's still a contract that's certainly worthy of his services here in Charlotte. I mean, how much is he going to play himself once he continues to develop? And is this going to be a team that just is money hungry, whether they're, it doesn't seem like they're going to be trying to go after free agents, but it just seems like they would be willing to take on some bad contracts in order to get more capital, maybe within the next year or two. And because you have guys that are on the rookie deals that allows them a little bit more to do so, as you mentioned, 13 of those types of deals that gives them some flexibility to fill out a roster and also take out some bad, uh, bring on some bad contracts. And also we have to throw in here this, this COVID pandemic and how it's going to affect, uh, affect basketball related income. And it might affect Devonte Graham's ability to get a lot of money in free agency. So he's a player that might benefit from signing a three or four year extension and having that security and then testing the market, you know, several years from now when when hopefully we're past all of this and the BRI is heading back in the right direction. So that could play into the Hornets hands and they could get Devontae Graham on a similar kind of deal and a similar kind of extension that you remember they got Kimba on that looked amazing the the longer it went and then you know, they were forced to have to make a decision after that. I would also add, though, if we're really going to start talking about this, a lot of these guys might be their best use might be functional trade pieces for picks 
for better ways of just developing the roster as they try to make this a routine playoff contender. So a guy like Malik Monk, while he's on a great deal, hey, he might his best asset might be trade chip. Same thing for Dwayne Bacon, who has, if I'm not mistaken, the qualifying offer is 1.6. So you're talking about a 1.6 qualifying offer. You might as well just ex, just offer him the offer he's got to sign, and then you trade him to wherever he wants to go because cheap labor like that is never going to not fetch something worthwhile on the open market. So at some point, a lot of these guys, their best assets may be trade pieces or trade lubricant going forward to get a better pick not if not this year then absolutely next year and and walker we haven't i mean everything that i've heard from cupjack and borrego I, I mean none of it signals to me that they're they're super okay with having graham washington bridges monk and the martin twins on this roster three or four like having all of those players riding that kind of roster into the next three or four seasons so i think we can expect some brutal decisions to be made uh, sooner rather than later on what players they really believe are part of the future of this franchise and which aren't. Well, it, it's silly to think that all of them would be right. Like we do talk about them that way. So it probably is our fault a little bit with the way that we lead down the path, but it's just something that we don't bring up, but it's a great point. It's like, yeah, okay. We can be excited about McDaniels and the Martin twins and all of the players that we're talking about that are even second round picks, but it is funny. Like, yeah, their best use, like we can be excited about them and maybe you might presume that we can be excited about them because what they might do in a Hornets uniform, but really we can be excited about them. Them just because of their value overall and in the trademark. Well, historically, we remember it wasn't that long ago that Rich Cho and company, they extended Kemba, then they extended Zeller, and they extended MKG, then they found Marvin Williams, they extended him, and then all of a sudden the books were locked up for, for many years to come. So that's what I'm saying. It doesn't see it seems like this front office is very aware of what the Hornets did in the past and and how it didn't work. And and I think um, if nothing else, it will inform how they move in the future. And I just don't see that kind of thing happening again where you go, okay, we're going to bring these guys up in our system and every single one of them is coming along for the ride. It just seems like they're going to have to make some decisions about who's, you know, as Nada said, who is a valuable trade piece um, and, and who is an actual player that we feel like uh, can be one of our three best players on this roster moving forward. Yeah, that really is like a worst case scenario that I could absolutely see happening. Like a worst case scenario would be PJ Washington gets pretty good, but we overpay him. Miles Bridges gets pretty good and you have to figure out how much you want to pay him. Uh, same thing with Devontae Graham. Maybe he is what Sam Bassini says, maybe a little bit better and that's about it. And then all of a sudden you have some decent to pretty good guys. And then we're in all of this again. And Mitch Kupchak, like, oh, these are my babies. I drafted these guys. I got to doesn't give seem job. like a baby's guy. That's what I'm saying. Everything that I, and, and by the way, <laughs> they didn't overpay Kemba. They didn't overpay Zeller and they didn't overpay MKG. It was just when you You're added right. everything up, it's like, oh, the grocery bill is suddenly 250 bucks. How the hell did that happen? It's because you bought 17 boxes of cookies and each of those boxes of cookies was appropriately priced, but you bought 17 of them. Uh, but as we know from my honey bun incident, it's not good for you. You can eat all that and it tastes good. And it might seem like a I'm good sorry. decision at the time, but it's not good for I'm you. I'm doing the grocery shop. Does that shop? make PJ Washington a, a honey bun then? Oh, a jumbo honey bun for sure. Oh yeah. He's, well, he's sugary. That's for sure. Uh, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually just projecting. I'm doing the grocery shopping in my house now. And it's really tough for me to stay away from the cookies and to manage that grocery bill. Cause it can get out of hand. If you start to go off list, my, my wife, producer Katie and I, my wife and I, we make a list, but I tend to, tr I tend to get allured 
by the candies and the cookies and the, the delicious things. And ooh, that could be a fun meal idea. And all of a sudden I'm off list and I've spent way too much money at Publix. So what you're saying is when you decide to go get those honey buns and the cookies, you need something healthy to counteract that, to balance it all out. And I feel like Built Bar is a great way to do so. Honestly, I mean, it saved me. Just having the Built Bar staring at me every time I open my refrigerator, because I like to throw them in the fridge. Built Bars are great when you throw them in the fridge. Uh, they're, you know, that cool candy bar taste coming after a run. It's amazing. But the Bill Bars save me because they keep me from buying those unhealthy snacks at the grocery store. Bill Bars are an energy bar that are tasty, but they're also healthy. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors. They've got eight chocolate nut flavors. They've got eight chocolate nut free flavors. So if you have allergies, they've got you taken care of. They're covered in 100% chocolate. All of them are great for the health conscious guy. If you're losing, maintaining weight, you can indulge in a delicious treat that is Built Bar. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code Locked On, and you're going to get ten dollars off your first order. And also, right now, they're doing up to fifty up to fifty percent off of all merchandise right now, and they're donating all of their profits to charity. So you can get a great tasting Built Bar, and also. Uh, help out some charities. Go to builtbar.com. Use our promo code locked on today. And not a don't worry, like I said, Doug does have a box on your way. We have one more segment to go here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Final play, though, was pretty, pretty doo doo. You missed the shot, you missed the shot, but that was and that good. It was reminiscent of Hornets inbounds years past. I was going to say, yeah, it was doo-doo, as you said, and it reminded of, what was the other shot that you didn't like, Doug? It's a technical Uh, term, technical basketball term. I'm a smart basketball guy. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's going to be interesting to see how the NBA decides to handle some of the coronavirus tests that would turn out positive, that we are all expecting them to turn positive, or at least a lot of them to. I don't even know if the NBA has to respond and or adjust based on coronavirus positive tests right now, but it will be interesting to see exactly some of the criticism thrown the NBA's way or just exactly what what kind of uh, backlash they might get for the coronavirus test that might be positive now. But because it is so much further away, because we are more than a month still away from this season actually starting, I don't know how much it affects it, if at all, right now. What do you guys make of Nikola Jokic testing positive for the coronavirus. And we just found out not too long ago, as we record at, I think, three o'clock here on a Wednesday, we just heard not too long ago, Malcolm Brogdon is one that also tested positive for the coronavirus. Well, maybe Jokic should stop hanging around Novak Djokovic in the club. Like, literally. (laughs) That is one of those first things, I think. And then at the same time, I just can't help but see that the league is, or we're seeing Florida get now routinely 40, 40, 500, 4,000 positive cases of Corona. So at some point we may have to ask if this is even a good idea to do it, but you're going to have these folks that are already testing positive. And now it's just a, what it's just a case of, are we actually going to play through this or are we not? Yeah. And I think you're right, Walker. I think the NBA is sort of insulating itself from the positive test. So if somebody tests positive, okay, I think really what's going to be difficult for the NBA to get over is if a player gets to Orlando and not just tests positive, but actually becomes ill. To me, that's the morale killer. Or 
if a lot of players get to Orlando and then subsequently many players test positive and you've got, you know, shells of teams out there that look nothing like they did in the previous regular season, then everybody's going to be going, why are we doing this? This doesn't look like the NBA um, to begin with. I mean, the whole thing is weird. And then, but we're still going to crown a champion, even though there's a significant number of players that cannot play. Um, I, I think that's when it starts to become a problem. But yes, players are going to come back. They are going to test positive. And you just hope that there's enough time between now and the beginning of that season in Orlando where you can get most of those players like Malcolm Brogdon and Jokic back into a uniform and ready to play. And what we're seeing is a look, there was a lot of details in that, I forget, 108 or 113 page uh, plan that they had to bring 22 teams to Orlando. But there was not any answer as to what the NBA would do if there was a multitude of positive tests for one individual team. Does that mean that the team would have to forfeit? Does that mean if a team forfeited, then the NBA would just say, hey, this is too bad. We're going to have to forego this entire restart plan altogether. There's not anything like that. And we don't even know the number where we would have to start asking those questions. Would it be four on a team? Five. You get the drill. We have no clue exactly how many that would be for a lot of these just individual teams that might suffer this. And so that's what I'm interested in um, with with just how they might dictate what to do if, if that's a problem that they run into. And another interesting thing to me is just in the world of sports, you know, we spent so much time argu- arguing about money in Major League Baseball. So now they have all that figured out, but they wasted so much time doing so. So now they're going to report to spring training within a week. And then their season, after all of that arguing and negotiating, they're going to get started a week before the NBA does. And I wonder, what, what is baseball going to do with what is going to seem like a rushed safety protocol implemented within their restart pro, uh, program? Like, that's the something where uh, this isn't going to be flawless for the NBA. We already know about the support staffers and how they have a different safety protocol than what the players and staffers for the NBA do. So I'm not saying that the NBA is, But given the circumstances, I do think it is pretty detailed and it's unfortunate that their site in Orlando is experiencing a spike in positive tests. Oh, but what boy. the hell is baseball going to do? Oh boy. What? Hey, listen, that's all very interesting, Walker. And I'm totally with you on all of whatever it is you just said. But Kevin Pelton, ESPN senior writer, has just come out with his top 30 prospects in the 2020 NBA draft. That's right, Walker. The top 30 prospects oh from God. noted draft expert ESPN's Kevin Pelton. Would you like like to know where Devin Vassell ranks in his top 30. Um, I would. It was the only thing that could save me because I was going to get angry at you stopping me from mid-take, <laughs> mid-point. But the fact that you brought up Devin Vassell is the only thing that could have saved you from my anger. Let's go ahead and hear it. Devin Vassell ranks number seven out of 30 mm. draft mm. prospects in the 2020 NBA draft. He compares well, says Kevin Pelton, to Danny Green coming out of North Carolina. Wouldn't you like to have a Danny Green on the squad? Um, Real quickly, Nada, I don't know if you know this. Devin Vassell is my guy this year. I find guys all the time in these NBA drafts that I stick to, and I can't ever leave them. This is that guy for me in this year's NBA draft. In fact, Josh Lloyd of the Locked On Podcast Network just did a draft profile on Devin Vassell. And Doug, he has him as his sixth overall 
prospect. So six Whoa. and seven, he's moving up. <laughs> I want to know Nada's. Nada, do you have a guy that you're giving a rose to? We tried to get it out of Rick. Rick kind of danced around it. We are. You, have you given a rose to somebody, or are you thinking about giving a rose to somebody in this NBA draft so far? Anthony Edwards. It's Whoa. Anthony Edwards. And honestly, it's just because I don't think that combination of athleticism will ever be less than a role player. I think if we're going to talk talk about stars, it, again, LaMelo's the guy I want. But if since that's probably not going to happen, give me Anthony Edwards. Pelton has him number three right now. He writes, other top three players have similar stats-only projections, and those players include hits like Victor Oladipo and Derrick Rose, but also some big misses like Andrew Wiggins and Michael Kidd Gilchrist in terms of spectacular yeah. freshman season, big stats, but still a risky pick. Yeah, like I, I get the MKG thing. There's just something that tells me he was undercoached because it was Tom Crean. And I think that's when we start talking about draft guys. I, I think the Tom Crean effect in a negative way on his stats is probably one of those things we should be paying attention to more. And I think when we start getting to more workouts, if we ever get to a workout phase with COVID-19, I think he's going to be the guy that's going to be like, yeah, we're kind of overthinking it with him. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you, not is some, I know you have been kind of down, if I'm not mistaken, on James Wiseman this entire time. And there's been a lot of time, I think, since we've talked to you about James Wiseman. What are your thoughts now? Are they still the same and that you don't really want him all that bad? I'm just anti-big. I'm quite honestly, I'm anti-big. If you're going to spend top ton, top 10 money on a guy that unless you're sure he's either in Joel Embiid or Jokic, I'm not comfortable with clogging the cap. Give me a wing. Wings win rings. Mm. I, I'm, I'm much oh, more of saucy. a, let's get a solid wing in here to either compete or take the starting two job, two, two guard job away from either Devontae Graham or Terry Rozier. Let's start building towards the future. Now, mind you, I keep saying, I say all this, and Cole Anthony might be on my, like, might get a rose list too. So there's that. Well, well, listen, you and Pelton are just like eye to eye right now because he has Cole Anthony fourth. He has James Wiseman 16th. And guess who he has number two? A guy that I don't really like all that much, Tyrese Halliburton. So I got to read this. Maybe I'm wrong on Halliburton. I don't think I am but I'm willing to entertain the fact that I am wrong about Tyrese Halliburton. Um, you're not even going to entertain it. Don't even lie to you're us. Right. We know you're, you're right. not going to entertain, entertain that. That was Thank all you. a lie. I'm with you, though, Nada. Like, if, if Onyeka Kungwu was there, and I would be happy with that, and even Wiseman, I'm fine with those guys if they last number eight, if that's where the Hornets are selecting. You know, I get the need. I get the star potential that you would have with a Wiseman, and I get the athletic big that comes with a Kungwu. I get all of that. But I'm itching for a wing, too. I want one of these big wings that are going to be available or, or that might be available wherever the Hornets are selecting. I like having size back there. One, because I think they match up well with a Graham or Rozier, whoever you want to put that particular rookie with. And I also think that Cody Martin as a potential ball handler and maybe playmaker, you would need some shooting. And so that's why maybe Killian Hayes and uh, Abdia wouldn't make all that much sense. Maybe with the Cody Martin back there, I think you would need some more shooting, but I do think that Vassell would work really well with them. And I think Vassell 
fits with a lot of different pieces with this Hornets team. And I think that he's a really talented guy that has a pretty nice floor, at least defensive potential. But any of those big wings, Nada, like I'm kind of with you. Those are the guys that I'm kind of gearing more towards as well. Like the the only thing that Devin Vassell kind of scares me off on is what does he do or what can he be projected to do that's better than what the Martin Twins give you now? That's my question. Yeah, and, and I when, think shooting would be my answer to that. Like, I, I think I look at that stroke. It's not the greatest sample size in the world, but it's pretty solid. And he shot over 40% from three. Even with Caleb Martin having a good spot-up three number this year on percentages, I do think Devin Vassell is a guy that I would project as the better shooter of those. And even just shot maker. Like, hey, I want a shot made right now. I think Devin Vassell gives you the best of that. But I, I get your point. Like, defensively, the Martin twins, they bring you a lot. I mean, especially... And even with some of these other wings, like I don't want to be like I am so many years in a row where I just continue to beat the hell out of these rookies just in, in one individual with Devin Vassell. So even if it was one of these other wings, I think that would be something that I would be attracted to as well. All right, we got to go. We got to end the show here today. Thanks again to Nada for joining us. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. And also want to thank Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA or Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.